With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Um, you know, I think his ability to speak multiple languages, if you will, makes him kind of a natural, you know, bridge and ambassador really across the football operations spectrum. And I think that's kind of where his, you know, his superpower, so to speak, resides. He's, he's done everything. Like he's done, um, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, tape evaluation. He's gone on school calls, school visits, uh, involved in everything from, you know, free agency, draft meetings, you know, no different than, um, you know, our heads of personnel or our scouts, it's, it's, a, it's an important part, right? Because a major part of the role of the general manager is talent acquisition. Who do you guys think is the best Browns GM in the last 20 years? Is it Andrew Barry or Sonny Weaver Jr.? <laughs> Sonny was so good. Sonny's the second. And plus his life was all always in, in upheaval. And yet he still ran the Browns so effectively, especially when they got to, what was that day? Oh, draft day. Draft. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Sonny Weaver was, he was aggressive. He wasn't trading back for seventh round picks. Okay. You know, he was, he was aggressive. The coach was not good. Yeah. The coach, uh, can't remember the coach's name. Dennis, uh, what was the guy, what's the Is guy's Dennis name Leary? in real life? Oh. Dennis yeah. Leary. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't, Dennis I can't Leary. recall his name as the, the coach, but yeah. I mean, a linebacker drafting high. Come on. Vontae dude, Mack. Always Judd. Always Vontae Mack. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Very good, Declan. Come Very on. good. All right, boys. We've made it to Feedback Friday here. And uh we're gonna we're once again we're gonna devote the whole show to Feedback Friday. At some point, we promise we will bring back the Mackie and Judd movie review franchise, but just so many things happening right now. The feedback is overflowing through the Score North app. You can always send us messages, critiques, whatever, uh whatever you want. Twitter, Instagram, Score North TikTok is over four thousand followers, the YouTube channel. All of the feedback pipelines are, are open here for business. So let's uh, let's go Vikings intensive here for the first part here. A lot, a lot of crazy stuff here. Uh, Kevin Peterson via the Score North app says, Watching the new Vikings GM interview, super impressed with his presence and composure. The dude seems legit, and I'm excited for the future. Uh, Gary George via the Score North app says, Cam, a lot of people are calling him Cam, just to, you know, just to have an abbreviated... Uh, version of his name seems promising because he knows navigating ambiguity is essential potholes don't come with neon signs you need to recognize when it's happening not when it's done i love that that's a great that's awesome (laughs) i'm gonna read that again yes quasi knows navigating ambiguity is essential potholes don't come with neon signs and the vikings i feel like have Definitely been blind to a lot of obvious first guess potholes in recent years, right? I mean, the first one being the head coach doesn't want that quarterback. That might come back to bite us at some point. He doesn't want to build a relationship with that quarterback, right? And then there's been there's been smaller potholes too. But what do you guys what do you guys think? First of all, I think that that potholes don't come with neon signs is damn near a Taylor Swift lyric. Like that's a lyric. That's a great lyric. It's that's, definitely it's definitely that, a sign that you would find at like a Home Goods or something. That yeah. deserves that deserves some applause. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that's a great point, and I think that yeah, this goes so much beyond just like one skill set, right? This job goes into into analyzing certainly the the statistics, but it also goes into 
personality types and and the most important thing, which, by the way, what we're not talking about is I don't think Rick Spielman's biggest downfall or problem was was the use of analyzing the data. I think he actually tried there. Zimmer didn't. Rick did. Now, yeah, now is it. is Rick as good as crazy? Probably not, and that's fair. I think Rick's downfall, though, was his inability to read people and to a- analyze people, and that is what I'm. And Quasi seems like a very, very smart guy, but I think that's the skill set that is going to be the most important thing in talking about Spielman's replacement. Because I mean, flat out, no matter what we think of Kirk, okay, and you got your Kirk stands, you got your Kirk doubters, you got your Kirk. Ah, he's okay. Um, but there's no question that whomever, and it was Rick, decided that you could pair Kirk and Mike knows nothing about people. Like you would have to be an idiot to go through that process and, and oh, it's going to work. It's 1000% not going to work. I'll, I'll go back to the acquisition of Moss 2010. And the story supposedly was Moss becomes available from the Patriots. And Rick goes to Brad Childress and says, I can get Moss. Can you control him? Now, oh, come on. I could have told you. No, he can't. Like, like yeah. this is one thing too much. Uh, but Rick got him. So I, I really think the, the undiscussed most important thing about this whole thing, and back to the point of navigating the uh, potholes, it's not the numbers. It's actually the personalities and the people. And now putting into place a way to get a consensus, but more importantly, to read. You're on the front end of reading first who can work together and who can't just from your feel for how things are going. Potholes don't come with neon signs. Gary, that's that is profound. But my, my thing with that quote right there, which is an awesome quote, is and how it relates to Quasi too, is like every time I'm driving to work, there is a pothole on East Hennepin and Stinson going down this hill that I always avoid. And it's before I turn left, I'm going to my coffee shop. So it's like it's very out there in the open, but it's also kind of hard to miss sometimes. Like you really have to be careful in how you do it. So for Quasi's side, it's not that the potholes, it's not avoiding the potholes you can't see. Don't drive over the potholes that you know are there over and over <laughs> and over again. I.e., don't continue to make the same mistakes over and over again when you know that there is this pothole in your route. Avoid said you pothole. Know, how often do you stop at that subway off like 23rd in East uh, I know exactly the one. You're right by the second Dude, I, I Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like twice a week, twice yeah. a week minimum. Yeah, <laughs> stop that, is, uh, that, that, is, that is definitely on my radar. Uh, ben Pack via the Score North app here says, I appreciate your attempt to incorporate business principles into the sports management discussion. As a business school student myself, all we hear about is innovation and how that is driving success today. Legacy companies are not innovating. Uh, sorry, legacy companies that are not innovating are falling by the wayside. Companies that are unwilling to adapt their approach, meaning like this has always worked before are falling behind. One of the biggest issues dealing with executives is getting them to challenge their biases and try something new. Continuing with the status quo for a business is actually more risky than implementing changes. Now, we have smart listeners. Yeah, what the These are like way smarter than awesome. we are. I am not arguing that Quasi is guaranteed to be a better GM than Ryan Poles, but I do think he was the more innovative hire. Yeah, I mean... Think about Mike Zimmer, for instance. Like Mike Zimmer's first four years were based on everything he knew about football from 1995 through the time he took that job in 2014. And the game had evolved a lot in those 20 years, but his core defensive principles and his sort of, you know, ball security, you know, conservative quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like that whole mindset worked really well for him in the first four years. But think about how much the league has changed in the last four years. It's crazy. Like these quarterbacks that we're watching this weekend and last weekend, right? Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, some of these dudes weren't, I mean, they weren't even on the radar four or five years ago. They were either just being drafted or haven't been drafted yet. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, the mobility, the athleticism, the offensive innovation, the Sean McVays, the Matt LaFleurs, all these guys. And it's like Zimmer clung to the thing that he knew from 2000 through 2014 as his roster evolved. Hey, your, your defense is aging. Your offense has more weapons. Let's shift our mindset. 
no, this is the way we do things. And if you don't do things this way, there's going to be a problem, right? That's what it, that fear-based sort of culture that the players are talking about. And so I agree. It's not a guarantee that Kwesi is going to be a home run hire. I love the hire to this point, but it is definitely the innovative hire. And for that reason, I'm totally in. And if he's as smart as he comes off, it will work. Um, that becomes the key thing. Like, like that, that's what we can do. There's a, there's a lot of very intelligent people who can talk a good game, and then when things start to fly, they can be incredibly intelligent, or you're like, oh, that's not as good as I, I thought, i.e. a guy who you think is going to find pitching left and right, and, and then, you know, you get four years in, and it's like, where's all the pitching? And th- that's your job. Yeah. So so that becomes the test because because I am all for hiring people who are smarter than the people that actually did the hiring. Sometimes those people can get fooled, though, because they, they think, oh, my God, this guy talks a good game. So we'll see there. But I think the thing, too, in sports across the board that we just don't discuss enough is people and people change people from the time Mike took that job until now. His players, personality-wise, were changing, too. I I mean, the younger generation of athletes coming up now are more empowered and certain than ever. Um, That doesn't mean that they're right, but it does mean that you have to know how to handle them. And Mike didn't. Um, And and the Kirk thing is just like example A. It's like, Mike, you're not going to get along. You know, four years in, and you're finally going to deign that, oh, I can sit down with Kirk now when Kirk bagged you. But I'm sure that there are countless examples of, of guys who were coming up and being drafted that Mike was like, well, this is how I do things and it's how you, you should as well. And the players were like, hold on a second. That's not no, no. So so this is also very important to this entire equation, I think, is adaptability. Mm-hmm. If you can't change, you're screwed. So it, yeah. it's why this is such an interesting in my opinion, experiment of, of going in a different direction. But I'm very curious to see how it, it works. I think it will definitely benefit some players too. And and the reality that I'd love to see is, is crazy behind closed doors. Uh, just as far as, because I think the guy that we saw at the press conference was trying to be as welcoming as possible to to people but you know behind closed doors it's not that you have to be a jerk but you do have to be certain and I think he could be so yeah I think the other thing that really stood out yesterday and just in all of the other clips from him with the Browns and then also just you know gathering some of these quotes that are coming out from some of his former co-workers he's not just IQ smart I think we focus so much if there's an analytics guy he's he's a yes. brainiac right he's IQ smart and he and he Correct. is Princeton he's Ivy League and Stanford and so he has a high IQ and that's all true but I think what stood out the most is his emotional intelligence his EQ just his ability to work with people to level with people you could even sort of tell like in his answers to some of the questions that reporters were asking and I'm not here to like throw stones at reporters but like you know, there were some like weird questions and some, you know, a couple of questions that were just sort of like, come on. And he wasn't condescending. You know, he kept getting the analytics question, right? I mean, we're like 15 years, 20 years into the Moneyball era of sports, and we're still asking these like basic level questions about, so analytics, are you into anal- Are you going to use analytics? It's like, and he could easily just come in and kind of roll his eyes and be like, I, this is this question is beneath me. But he... He comes down to your level in a non-condescending way, and he explains it's not a – like analytics is just a word. It's a, it's a word that we should just throw out. It's about gathering information and data points, whether they're numerical data points or scouting and subjective data points, and forming consensus opinions. You know, These are all little bets that we have to place on players, on contracts, right. on the direction of a team, on a coach, and it's about information gathering. And I just love the way that he explained that in such a likable and level-headed way yesterday. So um, here's another one just that kind of ties into this. Robert Laguerre via the Score North app says, question for you guys. He actually wanted this to be answered on Purple Daily, but sorry, Robert, we are an equal opportunity feedback Friday show here. Hopefully you find this. Does Quasi's background suggest he will be the money guy, quote-unquote, when the new head coach will have majority roster control and rely on the new coaching staff and scouting staff uh, to draft prospects. 
this, I think, is a common misperception that because he has a Wall Street background and because he's an analytics and numbers guy that, you know, that he's basically going to be like a duplicate of a Rob Brzezinski. I'm sure he knows his way around the salary cap, but but he's not being brought in as the money guy. Rob Brzezinski's the money guy, and I don't. And maybe who knows? I think he's. It sounds like he's going to stay. He was involved in the search process. This is about this is about the way that Quasi evaluates players and a team within a market. And he was asked a question yesterday by one of the TV reporters. Man, was there a point where you decided to go from Wall Street to the NFL? You know, what was sort of that point when you made such a big change because Wall Street and the NFL are such different worlds? And his answer struck me. He said, they're really not that different. Like, you you know, you may think that they're different because, like, one of them has 22 guys on a field that are ripping each other's heads off and the other one is about, you know, commodities or money or whatever it is. He said it's about data points, information gathering. It's about team building and all these things. And he's right. He's right. A, a GM in a front office of an NFL team is not the same as being a player on an NFL team. The worlds are actually very similar. And so here's where I would have loved him to cut open a vein because he is right. Because I think that we confuse, and, and I am not saying that I am Mr. Wall Street, okay? But I think we confuse that with business. Like, you're a bit, you were a businessman. Wall Street and the National Football League have one thing very in common completely cutthroat nasty cutthroat decisions that have to be made quickly so he's right about that but but i mean this is this is about at times unfortunately in both sports it it's true of of wall street and sports you have to hurt feelings quickly deliberately and probably with as little damage as possible you may have to cut bait on a commodity Uh, exactly but but i mean you you might have to cut bait on a player you might have to cut bait on a trader who you like but doesn't fit. Like Wall Street is not a business. Because I think we I think we think, well, he sat at a desk. It's very odd that he's now in football. It's probably not. Um, so yeah, I, I do I think in that sense, I I don't know that he told us the depth of the truth of his answer, but I think he definitely told us the truth. And I actually like that fact. Yeah, I mean, think about like think about the similarities in the NFL. The NFL is a market, right? Like there yes. are thir- there's there's 32 teams in the market. Correct. So it's a it's a finite amount of teams, but you're and you're constantly trying to evaluate where your team stands within that market as you try to climb up to the top, mm-hmm. and and so within that you've got 53 players or commodities on your roster, all with different values. You've got all the other commodities around the league that may or may not be available to you or in the draft. There is a salary cap, like you're trying to figure out value within the salary cap. Yep. Uh, so there, there's there's a ton of similarities that you know you're you're in on, on on Wall Street. You're trying to figure out okay, what bets are we going to place that are on the rise? Which ones are falling? How can we build up a portfolio to hit, reach this number? Whatever, L- right? Long days. You start early and probably work very, very late. Very little so, certainty. In, yes. You're so going to have to make a decision on like something so, that might not yes. be 100%. Exactly. I love it. Uh, Evan Beckford via the Score North app. Quasi said that one of the first things on his agenda is to talk to players and get a feel for the direction the team should go. Who is the first player he calls, and who do you think it should be? Ooh. God, these are like three or four great questions <laughs> and great points. I I, I love this. Um, I think the first okay, the first player he calls off the top of my head would probably be a guy. Well, you know what? No, no. It's one guy, JJ. I call I call Justin Jefferson because the reality is is he is the star of your team. He's a dynamic, young, smart guy. So he's going to shoot straight. Um, I loved where Jefferson was by the end of, of this past year as far as his reality check of seeing things. I came in, our team was flat. I'm not quite sure why, but we were flat, right? Um, I think Justin Jefferson going forward. In football, I don't think that you can build around that position necessarily, like a quarterback, but I do, but I do think that you can build around personalities. Um, and there was, I don't think there has ever been anything from Jefferson that I've seen in two years where I've been like, I don't really like that. Like that answer really stunk or I, I didn't like, 
So he would be my first call. And, and I would say, look, Justin, there's going to be a lot of changes. Um, 2022 record wise might not be great. I don't know, but I will tell you this. I will promise you this. We want to build around you, sign you to an extension when possible. And, and when we are hoisting the Lombardi trophy up on that riser with Jim Nance in his bad sport coat, you're going to be up there with me because that's where what we're if going. It's, what if it's not a CBS Super Bowl year? Yes. I just what like Nance. A, Nance gets Fox up on that uncomfortable, like, Star could be Aaron Wars Anders. set. Could be Aaron Anders if it's Fox. Anyway, yeah. okay. I'll rescind my Jim Nance comment. When we are up on the riser in Miami or Arizona or somewhere warm, and we are hoisting the Lombardi. You're going to be there with me because I want you to be a part of this process in a very important way. I think the first person that I at least I sit down with in person is Kirk because he has no necessarily attachment to him. He probably sees him from afar. I'm sure he's watched tape. I know he probably knows who he is, but he's a smart enough guy that I think if he had a 90 minute dinner with him at X restaurant, I think he'd be able to figure out who he truly is. And if he's a Apple guy East. that I, yeah, Pizza Ranch, where Perkins. Uh, where Sometimes he wants to build around or not. So I think the, the first like phone call can be to JJ or it can be to, you know, another veteran, Eric Kendricks or whatever. But I, I would like to hope that the first like face-to-face meeting he has with anyone would be Kirk because he's going to have an evaluation of him that I think will be determined pretty damn quickly if I want to keep this guy or move on from this guy. I, I saw that... um our guy Matthew Collar pointed this out that when the when the Lions hired their new GM, I believe they traded Stafford in two weeks from the time he mm-hmm. was hired. So that was, I mean, that's a quick turnaround. So I, I think I don't think Quasi's necessarily going to be quick to pull the trigger on a Kirk Cousins move, but I do think that first person interaction that he has with him for however long it is, I think will probably tell a long tale if he wants to build around him or not. I agree. I, I it, it's it's cousins because I I need to know. I mean, it's the it's the biggest decision that he has, and he and maybe he already has his mind made up. But like, you're gonna want to, you know, you know, he's coming in from the outside. I'm sure he's gotten the thoughts from the ownership group on, you know, what what they think the direction should be. But I want to know. Okay, is there another level of this guy that just hasn't been unlocked because the Vikings haven't had the right infrastructure? And I have, you know, 80, I'm 80% sure I know the answer, but yeah, well, I want to, I want to talk to him and figure it out. You know, one thing I would love to know is if, if you are truly the leader of this team, and I think, I think it's really important for your quarterback to be talented, make all the throws, you know, and Kirk can make all the throws, but also be the leader of the team. They're looking to you. You're the one in the huddle. That's, that's literally dictating every single play. They're looking at you. You're the highest paid player. Like you, you can't just be an I just work here guy. You have to be more than that. And I would want to know why in the last three weeks since they fired everybody have we not heard from you? He has one social media post since that happened, and it's it was actually posted yesterday. It's a picture of him and his kids. It's great. They're having a good time. He has not spoken, unless I'm wrong, he has not spoken on the state of the franchise that he leads. Yeah. Other players have. Adam Thielen, yeah. Brian O'Neill, Eric Kendricks. That's a big thing if I'm the new general manager. I want to know, are you the leader of this team or not? I know the answer. The answer is no. But I want to, I want to hear it sort of face-to-face or maybe, I don't know, maybe over a Zoom. I completely, I completely, with all due respect, disagree with both of you, and here's why. I don't want to talk to Kirk. I don't need Kirk. Kirk is going to spin. This guy is really smart, right? Which one? Crazy. I graduated from Benil, but I'm going to tell you right now how this works. What you need to do is you need to talk around and talk to everyone around Kirk. What Kirk says to me, I don't give a damn. Kirk's going to, Kirk's going to spiel away about Kirk and about what he believes. And he'll probably utter in the course of a conversation, 5% truths. But what, People who worked with Kirk and played with Kirk will do is tell you the truth. And that's what I want to, to know, because, Phil, you're right. The key thing is the key thing is not can Kirk put up a good box score, not where can Kirk land in the quarterback rankings, but where can Kirk take you as far as ultimate team success? And that's why I want to sit down with everybody who plays with Kirk first and say, 
What do you think of Kirk? Down to the long snapper, because that's what's important. These people see things in rooms that we don't see, that Quasi can't see. Um, and 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 Quasi should be smart enough to know that guys like Kirk are great at presenting their case for Kirk. The last thing I want to do is get pulled in, pulled in by false promises, because that's what Kirk will do. That's what people do. So I'm out on, on that. And this comes down to, again, Wall Street, seeing through BS, right? And cutting bait as quickly as possible and making really hard decisions. But when it comes to Kirk, the last person I talk to is Kirk because I want to know what everybody else thinks of Kirk because he's the guy who's going to lead them. And if they tell me the truth, it might be, I don't even need to talk to Kirk. Uh, Randy Dorhofer via the Score North app says, Hey, Mackie. I want you to admit when this turns to crap, you don't know a damn thing about football. When it turns to when it turns to like crap, a, Randy, like a they've pumpkin, missed the like Cinderella, like it just. I was going to say, what is it right now? Yeah. What, what what what? How would you characterize <laughs> the Vikings the last two years? Now, okay, if the Jets are crap, maybe the Vikings aren't crap. They're like they're more competitive than that, but you know, I don't like I this this whole there. There's a certain percentage of fans that are like clinging to. Be careful! You be whoa! Be, be careful getting rid of Zimmer. Be careful getting rid of Kirk. It's like they've been five hundred or below for seven hundred plus days. They are on the downswing. The NFL is moving fast. Offenses are blossoming and evolving. Young quarterbacks are thriving more than ever in today's league. They don't have to sit for two years, right? Yeah. So I, Randy, I, I don't know what uh, what you've seen the last couple of years, but it's it's been crap. Uh, Joe Wee via YouTube. Mackie, listen to yourself. You are praising the Browns. Have you lost your damn mind? The Browns are trash. You went to the Browns and hired a GM with very little experience. Have fun with that, Mackie. And then, uh, let's see here. Archer or Archer Narpolis on YouTube says, such a Minnesotan approach to take people's words as impactful and prophetic. Words mean almost nothing. Actions and results are what I really care about. Had Zimmer won a Super Bowl, you guys wouldn't have cared about his ego and culture of fear. In fact, you would have praised it. But here's the thing. His ego and culture of fear directly prevented them from competing for a Super Bowl. I don't know how else to put it. But, but, the, but that's part of the yeah. reason why they but if went it had worked, downturn. I would have been all for yeah. it, absolutely. But, it, but it, 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 was, it was never going to work in today's NFL. You can't no. treat players that way, and you can't coach that myopically. If it, well, if it, you know, if this, there's no, there's no scenario in which Mike Zimmer wins a Super Bowl treating players that way. I'm I, sorry. I agree. I agree if his first point is that Quasi gave a really good press conference, but it doesn't mean a lot right now. That's fine. I agree with that part. But, yeah, they haven't hired a coach yet. So, folks, sorry, but this could end up being great or bad. I think I think the mantra should be this. At this point, it's worth the chance. Like, I think that's what we're saying, right? Like, something had to change here. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're not, I'm not going to – I'm not going to get super excited about people I don't know much about yet, but I am going to be excited about the fact that they did make changes that I think we can all agree, rational fans, which certainly um, our, our listeners and viewers are rational fans, I think we can all agree that this is at least a good idea to go in a different direction. Be careful what you wish for. But is that fair? I'm, like, yeah. like I'm, not, I'm not like, this is going to work for sure, but I also know this. Spielman and Zimmer didn't work. Yep. So, so so if if we all agree that the path they were on is not a Super Bowl path, yes. Then so we so Super Bowl's off the table. Are you that fearful of well, what if they go four and thirteen? What's the difference between four and thirteen and seven and ten or eight and nine? In fact, I would argue four and thirteen might yeah. be better for a year. But I, so I was can, just gonna say. So, so I feel like the I feel like the people that you're talking about, Phil, are the be careful. You might become the Lions. Do you know how hard it would be to become Dude, the Lions? The Wilfs but, are such more competent, and like, there's no way that will happen. But if you come to me today and say, "Okay, 2022, you're going to win three games," I'm on board. 
I would, no, I, I would prefer them be more competitive, but I am not scared no. of three and four teams. I want the draft pick. I, I want a year there, but there's this whole thing of the fear becomes goes from be careful because you might become what the Browns were for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard it is to institutionally become that horse bleep? I think because we've stared at the Timberwolves for 20 years. Okay. We'll talk about them here soon. Okay. And because Ponder happened, you know, we, t- I don't know. I don't know if this is the like a, a, good point. A, a Minnesota thing or what, but like we, we tend to look at the worst case scenario that, that happened with Ponder and that happened with the Timberwolves or that happens with the weather or whatever. And we think, Oh, well, it's going to, it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that. Just be careful. It's like, well, no, it's, if you took five more shots in the draft, you're not going to draft five Christian Ponders. You're probably going to land a Justin Herbert and you might land him on the first try, but you can't land him if you don't try. I mean, it goes back, goes back to those comparisons I made when the seasons got, when we did the, our pie chart of blame and stuff, and I, I did attachment styles and relationships, those people are anxious people. They're anxious because it's not a secure relationship, and they're fearful of what they could lose if they remove themselves from that person who they think is the secure part of their life, but it's not. It's literally not. It, it, it's, it's being afraid of finding the true happiness. So, like, when you are too afraid to remove yourself from that person, oh, my God, what's my life going to be like? It's probably going to be better. Because you're so anxious and you don't know what the hell you want. And it's causing you turmoil. So that, that kind of like mindset in general, it goes way beyond sports. I think the people that say, be careful what you wish for, getting rid of Mike Zimmer, be careful what you wish for. If you fire Ron Gardner, what's going to happen to the Twins, right? Like th- you, there's other things out there that probably are going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. I, mean, this I love is, that one. That's, awesome. that's very good, Declan. Very yeah. good. Um, th- the therapy session therapy. paying off for the show <laughs> and for you personally. <laughs> yes. It's great. I think sports is this though. I and, and I think sports fans in this town are are basically a prime example. Stockholm syndrome. I think we're held hostage. And and I say that because think about what we're told by the Vikings and and their and, and their fans, <clears throat> people that uh are basically their their play-by-play guy. If you think about this, right? I think we are I think we are held hostage by this thing of of we actually think we're joining the family. Well, what the Vikings do is right because we're told, right? And and so we all of a sudden agree to rob banks and rob stores because we're in the purple van. This is great. I'm in the purple van, right? It's like, "No, you're not. They don't care about you. They care about your money." Uh but but that's that's where I think it it like crosses a bridge because what Dex is saying makes perfect sense but deep down i'm an anxious person it's part of my problem but in sports i can separate myself like sometimes you just gotta say i am i'm anxious think about me i don't get my front door because i don't want i don't want to be storm passed and and be held captive that's anxious okay that's messed up there's something wrong up here but when it comes to sports i think i think it is a credible case of minnesota sports stockholm syndrome yeah. Also, like, okay, well, what if they go three, three and fourteen? So, yeah. oh, well, then uh, you'll—I don't know—you'll enjoy some fall weather on a Sunday uh, earlier than you otherwise would have, and they'll try again next year. Like, but I'm—I'm I'm done banging my head into the same wall year after year. Try something new, and they are. Uh, one more here until we get to some wolves discussion. Uh, Andrew Baraby via the Scornorth app, guys. I got to call out Phil and Declan. You talked about the Royal Rumble on Write That Down this week, and you both said the WWE didn't take into account the NFL's schedule change. Uh, but the Rumble is on Saturday, so they did take they did yeah. take it into account. I knew that. Let's Sorry, WWE. He did also say uh, on a separate note, you criticized the WWE for their lack of creativity. I will grant you that, but consider giving them another look. You can see a clear attempt at change right now, a lot of backstage stuff that wasn't happening six months ago. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of backstage stuff like uh, some of their top superstars have yeah. been released in the last yeah. six months. I'll say two things. I'll <laughs> remove Phil from that because I think I could have told Phil it was on Friday and be like, yeah, I bet it's on Friday. I don't watch WWE anymore. So he was he was at the mercy of my buffoonery, assuming that it was on Sunday. Um, and then also <laughs> to the point of the creativity, like, no, there's a phenomenal article if you really want wrestling nerd. Who is that that wrote that comment, Phil? Uh, sorry, uh, Andrew. Andrew. I think Sports Illustrated put this out like a month ago. It used to be you're a pencil, you're writing things in for storylines. Vince McMahon is the eraser. He erases storylines. He's not, he's not creating storylines. He erases them because he's insane. 
He's, he's lost his fastball. You're talking about guys that have lost his fastball. Vince McMahon has lost his fastball, dude. And that's saying something. That dude's a creative genius when it's all said and done. But WWE, no. I'm out. Yeah, it's, Can't uh, do it. it's a tough product. AEW. 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 No, Judd, we can't get you into some AEW. Yeah, I would love for sometime. No, I'm going to join AEW. Okay. Be great. All right, let's, uh, let's shout out our friends at Federated here before we get into some Wolves discussion. Fun game on national TV last night. But Federated, who is a partner of the Timberwolves, you can see Federated signage inside uh, Target Center, and they have a great longtime partnership. They are all about helping business owners, and they're all about maximizing the success of your business. If you already have a great business and you want to take it to the next level, that's where Federated comes in. Great risk management tools and infrastructure you can tap into at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Feedback Friday continues here. Tons of wolf stuff off that. They lost last night, but no Pat Beverly. Uh, D'Lo went down, what, early in the third quarter. He was hobbled. Uh, Peyton Dibble via Twitter says, tell me you don't watch the Wolves without telling me you don't watch the Wolves. Embarrassing stuff from Charles Barkley. I'll throw Shaq in here too, by the way. Oh, Not knowing Anthony Edwards' name on TNT last night. I mean, come on. Shaq and Chuck. He was number the one. number one overall pick. Number one, right? He just yeah. called him number one. I, it's what I love the about kid, those they guys. They kept calling so him the I, kid from Georgia. I mean, I they've been... Uh, yeah, they haven't watched Sorry. a Timberwolves game in ten years, you know. Uh, and I get that, like the Wolves haven't done anything to really like earn anyone's respect. Like they're five hundred and they're having a decent year, and and they're and they're definitely on the rise. But you 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 can't figure out Anthony Edwards' name for God's sakes on Inside the NBA. Come on, that's why I love them though. I'm sorry. I love NBA and TNT, just, TNT NBA. Just, it's so good. I mean, it's what I like about them, which is really weird. <laughs> Um, hey, real quick here. You just you guys just sent me text messages. Do we need to address these text messages? I have not read them. Is this like an urgent thing on the show or is this it's very, inter- it's purple very, it's very interesting? It's, it's very interesting. I think it's worth it. Yeah, it's not breaking news, but it's very interesting. It, let's just say it is some Jim Harbaugh steam to build upon the steam that okay. we've been building on. Let's do this. Let's we'll get to it on Purple Daily. You want some Jim Harbaugh steam? Right. It'll be yeah. on Purple Daily. Let's gonna, just say yeah. some very right. important people are weighing in on what we speculated on, and they are not dismissing what we speculated on. I love it. Oh, my God. Because you know what we do on this show? Reckless speculation. Which sometimes leads to very sound speculation. Just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean it didn't come close to happening. Oh, my God. I just read this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Jackson and I are very excited. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> go back. But anyway. Okay, okay. That show is great. I'm Woo. sorry. I can't rip those guys. It is a great show. It's just hilarious that they just kept calling him. What's yeah, his it, name? At one point, Chuck, for, like, he he whiffed on his name four times. And the fifth funny. time, he was like, what's his name again? The and Georgia kid, Sha- Anthony Sha- Edwards. Shaq's got those glasses <laughs> now. And he's just, I, I just, it's great. They spend half the show just like, and, and they did this with, so Cat, Shaq's theory was that, his Cat was amazing last night. Shaq's theory was that, Cat watched Joel Embiid banging yeah, in the paint thing. earlier, and he said it like three times. Like you know, these national, these these national TV <laughs> games you're in the locker room before 30. the game, and you're you're watching the game. I guarantee you, Cat watched Embiid. They got their thing going back and forth, and they. <laughs> but Cat was amazing, and I those guys spend half that show bitching about why seven footers take threes. Oh, Barkley. I mean, Cat's one of the best three point shooters in the NBA, so he should definitely keep shooting threes. But I do respect their point about he's also like really good in the paint. And he can pass out of double teams. So, all right. Soccer Lover One via Twitter says Malik Beasley has had his moments where he's hot, but man, is he hard to watch in most games. It's a shame because I was such a big fan uh, of his, his first season here. He was rough again last night. He was like one of 10 at one point before he got that easy dunk on the Jared Vanderbilt uh, hustle play, but he, he just doesn't fit. No. He can't get into a rhythm. We're halfway nope. through the season and he's still, you know, he's still inconsistent shooting. Doesn't play defense. I don't know, man. I think that he needs to in his mind now at least start. And cool. I think he needs to start. Go to like and, and he some might not be good, team. Yeah, exactly. Go to the Magic or something. He just doesn't seem to he's it seems like when he does get in the game, he's going to force it and he doesn't care. Got to find a rhythm. 
And if he's hot, that's fine. Yeah. But if he's not, he doesn't back off. He just keeps going. He is. If you look at like Timberwolves yeah, I, lineup combinations, like five man lineup combinations, three man lineup combinations, he is almost always part of their worst plus minus or net ratings with any any combo because he's he's yeah. not a great defensive player. He's actually an, an atrocious defensive player for the most part. But yeah, I think he, like he just feels like the type of player, kind of like he was the the first couple years on the Timberwolves. Where he should just score like 18, 20 points a game on a bad team. Yes. No? Oh. Uh, Bulldogs13TV on Twitter says, I'd like to see you guys revisit the Warriors trade. Wiggins is an all-star, and D'Lo has grown this season. In my opinion, Wiggins would never have grown in Minnesota. Hard to compare what he is now and what he could have been here in Minnesota without the trade. Agree completely. I am completely on on board. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if Golden State, um, after the season is done, tries to use the springboard of of Wiggins' success to trade him. Um, But I absolutely, 1,000%. I mean, you put – you took – Wiggins from the culture here, which ha- which has improved now, but it was bad. And you put him with an all star team that's got some of the probably the greatest um, the greatest veteran leadership possible, right? I think that point is dead on accurate. I do not think that you can say that that, that he became an all star in Golden State. Ergo, he'd be an all star here. I think that is one hundred percent incorrect. Yeah. First of all, he's not really an all-star. Well, that's probably true, too. He's not really an all-star. Hater. He, he He's having a decent season as a role player in a huge market with passionate fans that got behind the vote. And that's fine. It's his eighth season. We are literally celebrating. Oh, Andrew Wiggins. Oh my gosh, he is now the fourth best player on his own team. Oh, what a what an accomplishment. Andrew Wiggins. Let's let's as as a celebration for him finally becoming a competent role player, let's make him an all-star starter. That's right. Let's make him an Yeah. He's he's finally averaging 18 points and 4 rebounds and he can knock down some shots in three different places for the first time in his career. Let's shower him with praise and bouquets like D'Lo's a better player than Wiggins. The draft pick giving it up and having to attach it kind of sucks. But this has worked out really well. He he has found a great niche. He's a he's a valuable contributing role player with the Warriors. Has a chance to win a championship. With the Timberwolves, he probably wasn't at that price tag and it evolve into a role player. So yes. you know, it's good, it's been good, a good for him, right? For both teams. Yeah. And good for him. Yeah. I'm happy for but him. He's not really an all star starter. It's it's the infrastructure there though is so damn good. Yes, best I infrastructure mean, is, in the NBA. Yes, yeah. Uh, Adam Huntley via Twitter says, "Totally seeing the Dennis Rodman comparisons that Kevin Harlan brought up last night on TNT regarding Jared Vanderbilt." Whoa. So yeah, if, if you guys missed that broadcast, like the audience, Reggie Miller kind of scoffed at it. And yes. was it Britt Robson that wrote, I think Britt might have wrote that. Because Harlan threw it out there, and Reggie was like, I don't want to rip the writer. And Harlan's like, well, no, let's not rip the writer. <laughs> right. Um, he's Diet Rodman. Now, keep in mind, Vando is 22 years old. Rodman didn't even enter the league with the Pistons until he was 25. And then, of course, became one of the great rebounders and defensive players and energy players in NBA history. I don't think it's fair to say that Vanderbilt's going to become a Hall of Fame caliber player yet, but the energy he brings to this team. Yes. And last night, I mean, he was... That dude was clamping down Steph Curry full court yes. last night. It was incredible to watch. Can I compare him? I actually um, take him to the f- favorite sport of, of yours truly and Dex. I think Jared Vanderbilt is very much like a young hockey player who comes up and plays third or fourth line, right? But plays a defensive style, scores some goals, but you say, man, this guy, this guy's pretty damn good. Like he's not great, but he's good. And, and then continues to ascend from there because the amount of work that, that he does, and he is, I think, literally a gritty player. Like he is a gritty player right now. It's impressive, though. 
Um, but I, I think it's probably more comparable to that than the majority of, of basketball players because I see that that he brings the first thing is a work ethic consistently. And then from there, he actually has talent too. So I, I would say that he is a he is a young third-line guy who very well could move into a top-six role here at some point as his career progresses. And just like looking at, in terms of a, a salary cap league in the NBA, where if you're over the luxury tax, it causes problems. Jared Vanderbilt's making $4 million for the next two seasons after this. So like mm-hmm. in terms of just value bang for your buck he legitimately might be one of the best bang for your buck value players in the entire nba yeah and and he'll be emerging into his prime he's 22 Mm -hmm. so he'll be emerging into his prime some good things happening on this roster. I don't know why they got rid of Gerson I think, uh, That's what, what I was going to say. Gerson, you got the executive of the year. You got friend, the... Of, friend of the show. Friend of the we show. should get him back Gerson on. Rosa. He I... deserves a vote or two for NBA executive of the year, and I'm not kidding. I don't know. I, he, uh, yeah, he didn't respond. I tried to DM him, and he didn't respond. I just, I just wanted to say, listen, thanks for, mm-hmm. thanks for coming on the show. Whatever you do in your personal life is, is fine. You're a friend of the show. You build a roster, too. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Dex, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, uh, uh, also friend of the show, Jim Pete, he was on Ryan, Rossillo pod, uh, Ryan Rossillo's podcast from The Ringer earlier this week, too, and he was talking about Vando, and I, I believe because Vanderbilt was, I believe, a Kentucky guy, but he was buried on that, like, Kentucky stacked, right? Like, there's seven players on Kentucky that are probably, you know, all in the top 50 of recruits in the nation, and Vando was kind of buried there, but then he found his niche here, and now he, you're seeing why he was, like, legitimately one of the best high school players and was highly touted and went to Kentucky, and now that the Wolves get to basically use him for this $4 million is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's actually one of the, the best, uh, in terms of, like, the value you get for the money that you spend. It's probably, he's probably one of the 10 most valuable, and this is going to be misconstrued, He's not one of the 10 most valuable players in the league, but at the price that they're paying him, he is. Okay. Just get the flag. Just, yeah. This speaks for everybody. There you go. Okay, they lost, and we're still waving the flag. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Tim Zygmunt via the Score North app says, the Timberwolves should want no part of Ben Simmons anymore. Great players start out with exceptional talent and then get better, consistently growing their games. Others simply don't. When someone tells you exactly who they are, repeatedly believe them. Yeah, I can't see a scenario at this point where Ben Simmons makes sense. Also, it's just weird that he has chosen to sit out this much. Like, I, I think it's weird that the Sixers haven't just traded him yet. But the fact that, I mean, props to the Sixers, I guess, for just staring him down for six months. But at some point, if you love basketball and you really want to prove a point to the league and to your team, like, wouldn't you have come back by now? I don't uh, know. The it's whole, whole thing's the, really the whole weird. Thing's bizarre. Yep. It's almost February, and he's yeah. just not. I'd move on from that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Chris McDermott via the Score North app. Could it be time for a Timberwolves YouTube show like you guys do with Realistic Randy on the Viking side? Uh, there's a couple of great Wolves YouTubers out there that you could talk to. Our guy Cooper is one of them. Timberwolves Daily, I believe. Um, Cooper does a good job. So, yeah, we've got Judd's Hockey Show that you guys do a couple days a week and and do some live shows after games. I think we would love to do, especially if the Wolves keep going on this playoff run, it would be a blast to do something more standalone. Part of the problem is just just, you know, just to pull the curtain back, like we have – the three of us are. This is this is Score North. This is the this is our full time staff, and um, we just we're, we're so focused on Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd and Judd's Hockey Show that just tough to add some other big show or big thing. But yeah, I think it would be fun to you know to find a Come way. Come on, to... Mackie. Why don't you do that, Mackie? <laughs> I, I want to. I want to. I also have another role that Hubbard just behind the scenes here that takes up some of my time in so. Seattle. It's very interesting. I wonder if they could be trying deflecting, to deflecting, 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 just like closer to me. <laughs> he, he lives close to, to the arena. All I'm saying is that it'd be interesting if Phil Mackey was involved behind the scenes, very quietly, a rod, Lori Mackey. I'll tell you, I went to the arena for the first time. The revamped arena it used to be key arena. Now it's a climate pledge arena. Yeah. I went to a stand up comedy show there last weekend. Nice. Great arena, better than Target Center. I, 
They got some bars <laughs> and stuff. Better than Target Center. <laughs> Lipstick on a pig. But no, the gym beats Target yeah. Center. Yeah. I, do not want, I do not want the Timberwolves to move, though. I'd rather the Sonics just yeah. come back and add a team. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> well, we will explore doing more Wolves for sure. I think our audience would. Well, through the playoffs, there might have to be some type of postgame show. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. That's your feedback Friday here. Mackie and Judd. We're going to dive into some Jim Harbaugh speculation on Purple Daily today. So Breaking Jim Harbaugh speculation. Yep. See you guys. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.